Hello, my name is Sebastian Castro-Nicolescu, and I will be having a conversation with Aylita Perizek for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. It is Friday, August 10th, 2018, and this is being recorded at the Montez Press radio station in Chinatown. Hi, Lido. Hey, Seb. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Um, wow, it's fun hearing myself talk. I've been on the radio before in Hawaii, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. um, and I always imagine that I've been told that I have a good radio voice just like in my, <laughs> throughout my life for whatever reason. And I listen to so many podcasts that I feel like now I just sort of automatically speak with the cadence of like every like like 30 something year old woman podcaster that I listen to. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's you just kind of like learn to automatically emulate it. It it just like it's imbued in me because I'm constantly I like barely listen to music these days. I need like two women talking to each other in the background mm. while I'm doing work. It's just like a very comforting thing. And then the and then the m vocal mannerisms just sort of <laughs> get stuck in my head. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's funny. And I think it's like. This is our first time trying a like live radio interview, so really, yeah. So it's good to. Jeez, at least, that's like, a lot of pressure. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'm like sweating <laughs> over here. Um, but it's like good to like have someone who's like radio is a thing that I at least like know the format of and like can pretend to be on. <laughs> yeah, I I generally. I like, I'm like, I'm probably going to have a podcast at some point in my life. Doesn't even matter what I talk about as mm -hmm. long as I sound good. Yeah. Right. Because like, yeah, a lot of people just play in the background to have a soothing voice talking. And like, I could be that person mm -hmm. for someone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, okay. should I introduce myself? <laughs> you can introduce yourself if you want, or I can just get started with some questions. Okay, just ask me some cues. Okay, um, so let's start with the kind of like basic setting up the scene stuff. Uh -huh. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Manhattan, Kansas, which is fun to tell people. They're like, that exists? <laughs> like, yes, they called it the Little Apple. Oh, my God. Which is, like, so corny. Um, and then my mom moved me and my family to um, Oahu, Hawaii, when I was 10. And she is um, a professor of teacher education um, at the University of Hawaii, West Oahu. So... That's so why I was there, and um, so I consider myself from there because that's where all my formative years were spent, mm -hmm. and moved to New York when I was 18 to go to Parsons um, School of Design, and I met you at Rhode Island School of Design when mm -hmm. I did a brief stint there, <laughs> brief two-year stint, and that was um, uh, a all-around, like, terrible time. Am I allowed to yeah. say bad words? Okay. <laughs> someone's like yes you can <laughs> it was a shit show is what i was trying to say yeah um and now i'm back in new york um and uh finishing my degree um my bfa and my focus is literally just called fine arts at parsons because i mean yeah it's primarily a design school um uh and you know obviously people know it for fashion design but then if you want to do um, any sort of like fine arts studio practice, you just go into the fine arts major, um, which was very intimidating for me as a freshman because also being, you know, an island has like mm -hmm. its ups and downs. I like was I, my my the extent to uh, what's a word? I like I was not tapped into any sort of art world at all. Like I thought the art world was like Flickr.com <laughs> um, and occasionally Tumblr um, when I was in high school. And like I wanted to be a photographer, question mark. Um, and so I came to Parsons just with like that in mind. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's a lot more to making things than just like taking like 
surreal selfies in the forest, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and um, then I got really scared <laughs> being in the city because it's very overwhelming. Everyone was like, oh, you're going to love the city. You're so fashionable. <laughs> and and you just seem like a like a city girl. I'm not a girl, by the way, but I'm just like, that's what people were telling me. Mm -hmm. um, and I was... I really thought that it would be great. I thought that I would automatically like fit into New York, but that's just not true mm. when you've been operating on island time for mm. um, a decade. And um, I'm just like rambling. Is this chill? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. But um, like, what do you mean by island time? Island? Oh, it's just like what <laughs> what you what we say to refer to like I don't know pace of life. Like mm. things are just much slower. I just like. I don't know. I just feel like like people take in like world events and like cultural shifts a lot more slowly in mm. Hawaii. Um, everyone's generally more relaxed and like I am inherently an extremely anxious person, which like is great, I guess, for living in New York. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's like I guess you could look at it in multiple ways. Like if someone is inclined to not be anxious, maybe they would be able to deal with being here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I, I think you have to be tapped into your neuroses to like know how mm -hmm. to thrive here. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Like, and, and like I, yeah, like I, I wouldn't want to, I'm probably going to go back to Hawaii at some point and spend some time there. Like I, I want to like, be involved in the art scene on like a sort of like community outreach level at some point but mm. not for not for a little bit but like I can't spend a lot of time there because just it, everything's so slow and <laughs> I love the beach but I just am not the person that is content to spend all my time at the, at the beach and mm. just chilling out because I'm not chill <laughs> at all and so I need there to be like one million things to do to feel like um, I'm a human mm. and not like a slug <laughs> dissolving um, in the rain mm -hmm. um, and okay what was I oh yeah and then I, I left Parsons because I was freaked out by the city and because the fine arts major freaked me out because it was so broad and I knew mm. that I was not going to get a lot of guidance because like you just don't get that much like um like like the th there is rigor in some of the programs but a lot of um there's just like not the same kind of structure at Parsons that there is at other art schools like RISD but then I got there and I did film animation video and like definitely learned a lot of like just like craft in the two years that I was there but was stifled in other ways and then I kept making trips back to the city and realized mm. like oh I, I like to be connected to a, the, the world outside of Providence and as you know there is not really a, a bustling queer community in mm -hmm. Providence um not to like like downplay the queer people that are there but it's you don't you can't find the same kind of support network Mm -hmm. you can in Definitely. new york yeah 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 so what's different about new york this time around um i think that i just like grew up like i was just like i didn't really know how to make friends <laughs> i think when i first moved here because i also went to a pretty like i guess you could say conservative private school but like i, I guess just like socially conservative in the sense that like I had like three friends I was like kind of a freak I guess <laughs> I don't know people just people just thought I was weird I like wore a hot topic and most of, okay this is this is gonna be like hashtag not like other girls for a second but <laughs> but like I I was like like the one wearing like shitty clothes from hot topic and everyone else was wearing Hollister and like that was actually like like such a faux pas like mm. like people just like like thought that there was something up with me from the beginning and then I came out as 
bisexual when I was 14. And mm -hmm. then, like, people started walking a little bit farther away from me in the hallways. Okay. Yeah. And so, where is this going? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, basically, like, I had, like, very few, like, I, I didn't, like, know how to, like, go out and meet people and be sociable, really. And not because, like... Um, and I don't know, like this sounds depressing, but it was really, everything was fine. Like high mm. school was okay. It was, it's terrible for every gay kid, but like, like it, it wasn't like horrific, but I, I just like, I, I think especially cause I just spent all my time at school doing school. I took the SAT twice. I took a SAT prep class in the summertime. I mm -hmm. like, I like, that was like the whole thing. And so like, like that was so much of like socializing was just like talking about your grades, which is the worst. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, and I never went to a single party. Um, n not that they would have been that fun or interesting. I like got drunk on the beach with some friends one time, but that was the extent of my mm -hmm. adventures. But yeah, like I, yeah, I got here. I got to New York and I was like, this is, there's just, where do I go to have fun? But what is fun also? Like, mm -hmm. and like, you know, like no experience in drinking or drugs or anything. There's just like a lot, like there's a lot to do at once. But then like when I was at RISD, I think you're kind of forced to make friends there because mm -hmm. it's there's such a small space and like you make friends out of necessity and kind of like a Stockholm syndrome situation. Mm -hmm. And, but I like, I mean, I think it was, it was like also weirdly sheltering, but then like I, I had like a few friends that I did keep in touch with in New York. And I actually like started coming back to do like DIY art shows with a friend. His name's Jimmy Lucid. You can check him out on SoundCloud. <laughs> He's really cool. Um, and he was, he just invited me to like do like, an installation in his like McKibben lofts apartment for a show that he was throwing. And I spent like a week just like, I, it was this project that I do not, um, work on anymore that I called chrysalis that, that was like, it was an environment that I made out of like, it was so how do I explain this? Like not going to sound cool when I talk about it, but basically like quilt batting with like a lot of like, like pastel paint like stuck to it and it made like a it was soft but at the same time it was kind of a gross mm -hmm. texture and I had like just these like plastic like egg type looking objects that were mm -hmm. placed in it and I had like like lights with iridescent foil and like very cute very like like and my my like what I was telling people and this is like when my work what I thought it was primarily was like work about mental health and mental spaces. And what I told people was like, well, when um, oh, I love telling people this because a lot of people don't know in a chrysalis, you know, like the um, cocoon or whatever that a butterfly or a moth um, puts itself into or no what okay it's a caterpillar and then it goes in <laughs> to the chrysalis and then okay you know the whole thing but like people I think picture it um as like the caterpillar like goes into the cocoon and then kind of like grows wings and like morphs into the butterfly but what actually happens is its body completely dissolves <laughs> into like um, a like primordial goo like it's ju it's just like it's just like a clear gel full of stem cells and wow. yeah and then it rebuilds itself like it's you know got it's like yeah subs looking at me like really it's like <laughs> it, it's cool bugs are cool big inspo and so like I was making these spaces and I told people like oh yeah this is supposed to be like a safe space for complete self like destruction and reconstruction mm -hmm. and like that's cute but i i don't i don't think that uh what i was i, I was always in this in this space the whole time and i had this like really 
ugly looking like jumpsuit thing that I made that I that was inspired by um this like alien demon at the end of Ghostbusters <laughs> called Gozer where it's just like this fab like actually like like totally gender non-conforming like like Bowie inspired demon and mm-hmm. she's wearing like like weird cottony spider webby like jumpsuit thingy with like gems on it and I like I like got like a jumpsuit on Amazon that was like kind of like it was just like like a weird taupe color and it was like kind of like skin but not really and then I just like hot glued a shit ton of like quilt batting onto it and Mm -hmm. like in tinsel and like sewed like egg thingies onto the shoulders and that was my weird molted look for sitting in this environment and like people would come in and I would talk to them and I realized like like after not doing this project anymore that like really all it was is me trying to make friends with people Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like putting together a, a space that that made me happy and inviting people to come chill with me and like I don't know it like it like made people very happy to be in that space and I you know it's a very like simple concept and I don't feel like there's I'm like like being self-deprecating right now but like I don't care those my past self this Mm -hmm. is like 19 year old me Mm -hmm. Um, I'm 22 that wasn't that long ago um (laughs) but but like it it was like just simple but like sometimes like like making cute relatable art is enough um like sometimes we can get our heads stuck up our asses in institutions just like like thinking about making art that is completely opaque mm-hmm. to like you know people outside of institutions and like this is just like friends having fun in their apartment but like like you know it was like great like engagement and i'm like kind of trying to go back to that right now after like spending so much time at RISD like like just feeling like so shitty about my practice all the time because I felt like I wasn't like I don't know I wasn't working hard enough I wasn't smart enough I wasn't I didn't have enough like like critical references or I didn't blah and like I don't know it's just you everyone has to think about like who are you making the work for mm-hmm. you know and like that's something that I'm sort of grappling with right now mm-hmm. wow I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to talk about anything <laughs> and I just can't shut up so yeah. that's great okay. one thing I've realized during interviews is that we underestimate how much people like to talk about themselves <laughs> which is like oh, not great. supposed to be a jab but yeah just to say um but yeah so then how are you trying to deal with that idea and that kind of like um negotiating who art is for now that you're in you're in New York and performing in <coughs> in some cool queer trans spaces. <laughs> yeah. Um well let's see. Um I I feel like I need to like preface like what <laughs> what my work actually is or looks mm. like or whatever to whoever's listening right now I don't know who you are <laughs> but um I don't know if any of you um know who Dr. Pimple Popper is or if you watch any sort of like viral video on the internet or on your smartphone involving the extraction of pimples and cysts and stuff but that um has been my biggest inspo for the past mm-hmm. year, um, as well as um, slime videos. Um, if you know what slime is, like, like I feel like I was talking to a professor last semester, and I was like showing him these macro photos that I took of that was from like video that I took of slime and I was like do you know what slime is and he was like I know what slime is and I was like no but like this thing like Instagram like mm. kids make it blood and he's like yeah I know what slime is but he totally didn't he, yeah, he really yeah. didn't but I I I just like had to let that one go but like but like yeah like like people make like beautiful like 
in my opinion, like video based sculpture with slime. Um, and like, it's a really interesting economy because there's so much like content of like, like not just young people, people of mm -hmm. all ages, like making their slime, putting the beads in it, putting the glitter in it, putting like all this random shit that makes strange textures and playing with it and making like essentially a sound piece. And like, there's so much content and like, it's so prolific that like, if you go on Amazon, like, like, oh, I just noticed it first on Amazon, but you can mm -hmm. see it like in like craft stores now, like there's like slime kits that are being mm -hmm. sold that like, that like directly reference like what, like essentially just like, like, you know, self-made business people like started posting on Instagram and like the price of Elmer's glue went up and everything. Okay. I feel like, okay. So that, that's an inspo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm like right now I make like fake cysts, like imagine just like a silicone bubble that like looks like it's either usually like I've been putting them on my skin recently and like trying to like, like make like realistic looking flesh around it. And, but also I've put it in like fabric or like fake fur and then I cut them open and squeeze stuff out of it. And, and, um, and I, I also make like other objects out of silicone that, um, that are made with textures that really disturb people. Mm. Um, so like the word tripophobia isn't actually like it's not a real recognized phobia um, or anything, but people use it to reference the um, a fear or like very intense um, revulsion to um, like repeated hole patterns, sometimes like bumps, but like mostly holes, basically anything that looks like it could be a skin ailment or mm -hmm. it could be like a flesh eating disease. And it like makes sense that those things would creep people out. But like it, it like it can get to the point where like, well, like the kind of classic like, are you tripophobic or not test is like showing people a photo of a lotus pod, which is just mm -hmm. a plant. It's also like this, it's the center of a lotus flower, which like is an incredibly beautiful flower. But then like when you, when you take away the center of it and let it dry out, it's just like this, this disturbing, like honeycomb type, like object. And like, I, I took a cast of one in silicone and like made it, um, like, like iridescent green and beautiful and alien. And I like put like fake pearls inside of it. And I like went to show a friend a photo of it. Um, not even the real thing. And he looked at the photo for like 0 0.01 seconds and then was like, no, 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 no. I can't look at that. I can't look at that. Please take, nope. I'm not mm -hmm. going to look at that. And I was like, really? And he's like, I'm sorry, I just can't. And I've had people on Instagram unfollow me because they can't look at these textures. And I think it's really interesting because I don't know, there's like very few things that like elicit such a like visceral disturbed response from people when mm -hmm. you think about it like in in like I feel like we're desensitized to a lot of things and violence and sex and whatever like stuff that um that like I don't know just like it just feels like you've seen like everything sometimes like when you're navigating like I don't know like viral um images on the internet mm -hmm. um but like something about these holes really freaks some people out. And then there's also people that really love it. Like, I feel like it's, it, it's like one or the other, like people are like really into these holes and it makes them want to like pick at their skin, like in a mm. satisfying way, or it makes them want to peel stuff or pop stuff. And then other people that are like, that makes me want to die. <laughs> and, and I love it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting and like all of that just sort of ties into like um my thoughts on like interacting with queer and trans bodies as things that are like like beautiful and capable of like like radical intimacies that are difficult to understand and also also bodies that are seen as completely abject and inscrutable and horrifying mm -hmm. to 
um, some people. Um, and so back to your question, it was a long time ago um, of like engaging with other people, like even just like posting these kinds of videos on Instagram, like like for for a minute, like I wasn't really sure how much I wanted to post. I like took all of my work off of Instagram at the beginning of last school year because I just kind of felt like I needed to reevaluate some mm -hmm. things. But I'm like, this kind of content can only, ex not only, but like it must exist in some form on Instagram because that's mm -hmm. just where you find this, this shit. And like, that's how you, um, like, it, it's, it's like, it's not, not that I necessarily am doing it with the goal of going viral or whatever, um, but just like, like having something like, like, a green like alien slime cyst that actually looks like it's embedded in someone's skin like showing up in your instagram <laughs> feed like randomly like like it, it 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 wigs people out and also makes people like very happy mm -hmm. sometimes and okay wait i don't know what i'm let me no i mean what but yes. what's what's interesting about it and i know we've talked about this before but it's worth kind of saying is like the ways in which putting this on the body or like presenting this is always kind of referring to the body in trouble or like the body being like not as it's like made to be as this kind of like Eurocentric idea of like the perfect body right um that is of course like cis yeah um, and so like presenting like a body in trouble or like a body abjected is like a way to kind of like um bring us towards transness without necessarily kind of having to speak to like identifiers yeah. necessarily. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I, that makes me think of when I took a class at RISD and um, presented a video that you were in. Mm -hmm. um, I, I excised, <laughs> I made a lime green top with like all these weird bumps on it. And I excised a purple cyst from um, Sebastian for a video mm -hmm. two years ago. Two years ago. Two. Wait, no. A year like a year and a half. half. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, I presented this and I was talking about like, like, I don't know, like identifying queerness on the body. And my professor asked me if I was interested in, making work that had to do with like showing like visible like trans like scars or mm -hmm. like 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 she specifically was like oh yeah like the the you know the skin graft on the leg or the arm when like a trans man like gets phalloplasty blah 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 and at the time I was not out as trans mm -hmm. and was not um it was it was like very under the radar at that point and i was like i don't feel comfortable making work about that it's mm -hmm. not my experience and but i was but i'm also like that's just not what i'm trying to do at all like i'm not i i've moved away from um like very explicitly talking about like queerness through like like yeah just like obvious mm -hmm um, queer identifiers. Um, and, um, it's interesting what you're saying about just like the phrase, the, the body in trouble, because like, like the other part of this work, which like for me, like doesn't really have that much to do with my transness at all is just like, like an expression of just like pure, like, like passion and mm. mania and mm. like my relationship to like like um pain and pleasure and like 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 people love picking at their skin and they love like popping zits and like and it's like not good for you it's not um it's not good for your skin it's it's like you know 
imbuing yourself with more bacteria or whatever, but there's just like that sweet release that you get. And it's like ejaculatory or whatever. And like, I mean, not that I necessarily want to make like major like cummy references, but like it's, it's always going to be there. But like yeah. it and and like um, it's like for you to be like infected with something whether or whether it's just like a cyst that your body made or if the implication is that something like laid eggs inside of you and for that to be like implying that your body is in peril but then like like I feel like I'm sort of like I'm creating it in myself and I'm sort of like using my own agency to then excise it for my own pleasure yeah. mm -hmm. like i feel like i've been trying to figure out how to talk about this um like like it's like i don't want to say that it ties into self-harm but it just sort of it just sort of shows like like a radical intimacy with the body and like intimacy with like abject material and the body that people would normally be um afraid to deal with and like i'm you know i'm talking about like the abject and the grotesque without mostly without literally working with like shit or piss yeah, which yeah. is what people would automatically think of um it's like this complete other like um fluid um it's like yeah when when your body is infected with something it creates like strange and completely foreign fluids that you've never seen before um which is um i guess ties back into transness because like like trans trans bodies are so inscrutable to so many people like people mm -hmm. literally cannot even imagine like like what a body can look like if it's suspended between genders or between sexes and so yeah i guess i'm just trying to um invent new ways of like relating to um just new ways of being intimate with yourself and all of this okay and i borrow a word that you used one time which you may or may not have coined it's probably been i don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know she's looking at it like what <laughs> word um uh auto dissection yeah um yeah. like 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 everything that I'm doing right now is either like I'm cutting something off of my own body or I have like sort of a disembodied cyst that's in like these like furry sculptures. I'm still not totally like sure how those ones function because they're like they're like sort of on a body, but not a body that that is referencing any particular like like creature with animacy i have to like work that out but like it's important right now for me to um only like dissect things out of my own body or to um ask like a close friend to like cut something out of me because i'm not really sure what it means for me to like quote unquote operate on other people. And I've had people, a few people be like, why don't you like do a fake Dr. Pimple Popper persona and make a YouTube channel and la di da. And like, which is like, would be really fun. But like, that's like, even though I like, it's important for me to share this work on Instagram. It's that's not, I'm not really trying to engage in like the economy of viral videos with this. Like, it's just like that's just like the platform that's useful for sharing the work with a lot of people but like it's more about like the action and like the imagery and like just like the visceral response it elicits than like me like putting on this like persona of like like the like medical like orchestrator of this weird like like I don't know like okay wait I can't words I don't know like Dr. Pimple Popper is like you know literal dermatologist and yeah. super smart but she's also like a personality now mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. she just started um she just you know started like recording like these extractions and like other like dermatology related procedures 
um, on like a pretty shitty camera originally and posting them on YouTube and now has like 8 million views like within a day of mm -hmm. her posting anything and like has her own show now. I forget which channel. I don't have cable, but literally <laughs> she has on okay. television. I need to go bootleg it somewhere because mm, check that out. But yeah, like she's like, I, I'm just not interested in that um, because because it's more of like a guerrilla surgery, like mm. on yourself that's completely um, separated from any sort of like medical institution. And like, yeah, like I guess the idea of like interacting with your own trans body outside of the systems that are put in place for us, mm -hmm. um, uh, which I mean, like, being able to medicalize in whatever way you may choose and like having those resources is amazing, but it's also kind of scary um, because like you just it, are essentially like registered in a database as, as whatever like their like binary definition of trans is. Mm -hmm. And um, it, yeah, so like I yeah, I'm not interested in um going the route of of the doctor persona. Mm -hmm. Um and you were going to ask me about my necklace. Oh yeah, do you want to talk about that now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's not that much to say, but um I've been on testosterone since I feel like most people like remember the exact <laughs> day or like I can't even tell you mm -hmm. the month. I don't know what's Real wrong. I can't it was November 2017, pretty sure. Wow, I love that you know that. <laughs> because I wrote about it in my piece that I performed, remember? Okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> We've written about each other in yeah. our work. We yeah. love trans collectivity. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, yeah, okay, in November, I started tea, and... Um, I I try to collect the little bottles that it comes in. It's kind of, I don't really know why, but like, and it kind of is suspicious to me, but like every time I get tea, the bottle looks different. Mm -hmm. And I'm not totally sure if like the contents are slightly different, but like they must mm -hmm. be, I don't know. Um, it reminds me of when I was on birth control, like, three years ago and like every time I switched doctors they gave me essentially a different birth control and the packaging was different and I thought it was just like the brand was different but those are literally different hormones oh and, wow. and like oh like people people who like are so like shocked by people who I trans people who want to go on hormones because they're like why would you do that to your body that's so extreme and I'm like birth control is literally yeah. like HRT it it's really major and it affects like every part of your body and it's like and it can be terrible for you and like I'm glad that I stopped like taking birth control at a certain point because I think it was it was it was affecting my mental health definitely to mm. like change those hormones all the time. Yeah. And also in talking about pimples and stuff, um, mm. I don't know if you know Accutane, the like terrifying, I mean, uh, I guess it's subjective, but like I think it's terrifying um, acne treatment that is shots, like once, what is it? it's shots, right? I know mm, it's a pills, it's something. Yeah. But you have to go and get blood tested once a month because it's essentially vitamin A poisoning and you like stop sweating. Yeah. And my friend grew hair in new places <laughs> from going on Accutane. Mm. Like, and like it, it changed her body. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, there's just like I mean like even Spyro which is a tea blocker that most like trans women go on yeah. is like sometimes used in cis women as like a as a acne medication oh <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah see like people are so sus of us but like <laughs> it's all fucked up <laughs> yeah yeah um where was I going with it oh yeah my necklace um so yeah, uh, this the point of that was to say that this particular tea bottle is just cute in my opinion because it's clear and not brown, which I hate. Um, <laughs> and the label on it 
and is like it's like white and lavender and um I don't know I just like I usually don't like the only jewelry that I wear is like chain or hardware jewelry I usually don't have anything that's like like looks like a sort of icon or object I just kind of like to have like simple things on my body these days but um but I like having this tea bottle around my neck it's just kind of like a fun like like secret almost I mean Mm. like sometimes people ask about it most of the time like like other like trans people clock me and they're like oh my god that's such a good idea (laughs) I'm like yeah bitch and it's like that's how I've like found out that people are on hormones because they because they see my necklace and they're like oh bitch I want (laughs) to make that and then you talk about it and it's great (laughs) um but yeah what else yeah well this is like not the most related tangent to go down but do you mind telling me a bit more about hardware jewelry and how that has been like a thing for you? Okay. Uh, okay. So, um, <clears throat> ever since I was a little girl, um, I've always made my own jewelry and, um, I just get really finicky about exactly like, like what kind of ornamentation I put on my body and like, I greatly prefer to um, make my own stuff. And, like, I I use, like, chains and rings and, like, clasps and all the things that, like, like basically everyone who makes hardware jewelry makes. And, like, I don't think that anything that I'm making is particularly that unique or original. Like, um, like I... I love it because like if if I make a piece and a friend likes it um, but they can't afford it because I don't want to undersell myself, I usually just tell them exactly where I get the parts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if like if you really want to make this, just go make it. Like I don't think that I I don't have any sort of ownership over like like fetish wear inspired jewelry. And um and like most people do like like most of my friends do like make their own hardware jewelry like um and i yeah and i I think it's it's um i mean i'm sure that's it's always been a thing but like um like every time i go out with friends like all of us have like some sort of self-made hardware jewelry on and i think that's really um it's just like a cool thing it's just like i don't know like like truly like a punk um sentiment um and but uh, but I do like making beautiful things for other people and um mostly like my other queer and trans friends want to support me and um buy my necklaces which is really nice I made a bra sort of a chain bra recently and it it uses so much I made it for myself and it uses so much chain and I'm selling at a market at the Museum of Sex on mm-hmm. August 19th. Um, if anyone's listening and wants to go buy some stuff. And I, like, can't really afford to, um, like, buy more materials to make what I want to make. So I think I have to take apart my my uh-huh. bra and use it, um, mm-hmm. use that material. But what what I love about what I make and what other people make is that like it's all like very basic raw parts that you can take apart very easily and recombine into just like anything that you can think of and like like you can just like tweak things like to exactly fit like whatever the contours of your outfit that day might be Mm -hmm. and I like yeah I think it's that's it's like it's just like a really fun punk body modification thing mm-hmm. yeah mm. is that cool yeah yeah <laughs> no of course there's like a rich history of like diy that can be carried through stuff like that yeah yeah um so i guess do you want to tell me a bit more about the spaces that you've been performing lately yeah um so um the first time i performed outside of 
um, an institution, like just school, um, since high school, because I did high school theater, um, was, uh, so I, it was at a dungeon, um, the location of which I shan't reveal, um, uh, and the, the show was called Stigma Unbound, and it was thrown by, um, people that, um, are involved in, like, the fetish, like, queer fetish community, and also, like, sex worker community, and, like, the show is billed as, um, like a performance art event put on by sex workers and their allies with the, uh, the allies part um, added in so that no one's individual status as a sex worker is disclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I suggested, um, or I submitted a proposal for a like excision piece. And um, I like had like a giant green cyst thingy that I, um, cut open it had like red velvet cake in the middle of it and I had other objects that I was squeezing and like interacting with and in there was like a like a sound piece with various squelching and crackling noises happening and I was also reading poetry which I realized that no one was listening to what I was saying mm-hmm. like while I was performing like they were really just focused on the action so I'm like not really sure how to format these performances but like so the you know, the kind of people that show up for those events are just, like, other queer people, other trans people. Like, like it, it's very much like making work for your own immediate community. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's nice to get that kind of affirmation from people whose opinions that you respect and care about. And also, like, like most of these people were not, like other art students you know and like and like the a lot of the idea of that was like giving a space for sex workers who do make work that um like every everyone who performed was making work that had something to do with um like sex the body like agency over their body and like you know things that are important to us that um would that we don't want to perform in like an institutionalized um, mm-hmm. sort of context that would um, probably be that would be like a space where in which people would be hypercritical in like the wrong ways and it's just more about like 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 experiencing each other's affect and like like. Be, just being like genuine and transparent about um, our experiences and like with yeah like like I didn't feel like I was um, I wasn't trying to do anything inscrutable mm-hmm. with this performance and again people people told me like I wasn't looking at the crowd while I was like like squeezing and like eating this stuff but people were like people were so grossed out people were like. <laughs> ew and I loved it I wanted to get in there with you I'm like great and like yeah like people it was nice it, like people had like a um a pretty a, yeah like visceral response as usual um and then the other on Tuesday I performed at the bar flowers for all occasions in uh Bushwick and I was also like with um uh, just, just like, like basically friends. There are people that I didn't know there and like, like people that like weren't necessarily queer, just people in the neighborhood that go to flowers sometimes. Mm -hmm. And in that one, I like live read some poetry before I had people come and cut things out of my, um, sort of creature sculpture thing. Um, and that was like a better format because like people actually were listening to what I was saying. (laughs) Um, and, um, and it was like very intimate. I didn't, I didn't expect there to be like a big crowd there. Maybe like, maybe like 25 people, like not very many people. I had everyone sit near me and I talked a little bit about transness and yeah, just like, I have like never really, thought that like doing like spoken word was something that would come up in mm-hmm. my life and like it, I like dabbled in that a little bit in high school but I found that like 
like I I really want people to know what I'm talking about and I don't think that it I I I, I think when you're making work you know in art school and in institutions like people want you to shy away from just literally talking about yeah about exactly what you're talking about didactic. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm just like I'm just like I'm not making this work for people to like sit down and look at it with a microscope like I want people to like know what my feelings are and know mm. what I'm talking about and like I I love writing I've always like I thought I wanted to go to school for writing I was a dual degree student for like a year then I <laughs> transferred around and that didn't work out but mm -hmm. but I uh, like I yeah I, I I think that I'm still trying to figure out how to merge the two but um I I value like sharing like my love language with people mm. and people responded really well to it um and um and yeah it, it it's like kind of touching how many people like reach out to me and are like I really relate to the way that you're like expressing yourself right now and like I yeah it's it's like as like freaky as this shit might seem to some people like like what I'm doing is I think way more relatable than not mm -hmm. um yeah hmm. so that's okay well I guess because you mentioned the kind of theme that brought together some of those shows um and sex work is something that comes up a lot for the project when we're talking about just the ways in which trans people have learned to support themselves in certain material ways. Um, would you be comfortable telling us about your relationship to sex work if there is one? Um, yeah. Well, I, I was a cam girl. I guess I can still call myself a cam girl, but I haven't done it in a while because I haven't been in like an apartment situation that's allowed me to do that. But like mm -hmm. last summer I started camming, which was um, interesting um, and really fun because I just got super dolled up and I made this like corner of my room like all pink and like like definitely had fun with like performing sexuality and performing femininity like it doesn't make me any I never like introduce my pronouns or anything oh yeah so my pronouns <laughs> my pronouns are they them and I am a trans masculine person um I guess that was obvious when I talked about being on T but mm -hmm. anyway but like it, it doesn't make me feel any type of way to like perform mm -hmm. um being a cis girl or whatever when I'm doing sex work things because I'm like it's a job and I'm kind of acting and also I'm non-binary and I don't necessarily think that there's no girl in me. Um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, like, like camming is interesting. Cause like, um, I'm, you know, turning my entire body into like viral content. And mm -hmm. like when you're, when, when you cam on a website and like, all this is like totally legal, like that money's taxed. <laughs> myfreecams.com yeah. I got it my mom got a w4 in the mail for it it's oh, a, my, shit, really? my mom my mom knows about camp like oh, wow. it's just she's interesting she's the things that she tolerates are strange she wouldn't <laughs> let me get my ears double pierced until I was 18 and I tell her that I'm like masturbating on camera and she's like people pay for that <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> she was just like thought it was so silly and uh -huh. I was like yeah ma and anyway anyway like like myfreecams.com um and like you know supposedly it's live and not being recorded but of course bots are recording it yeah um every single session you do and then you can like google your like just you just google your account name and my free cams and then like there's like a bunch of websites that are selling your videos mm -hmm. and like um they all have these weird like grid format thumbnails it's like a four by four grid of like thumbnails from different points um in time in like the session and mm -hmm. so like it's like a yeah it's like a very strange like curation of the content that you made and like I don't really care that all that's on the internet like I don't know what my career path is gonna be but I'm like I'm like you can't blackmail me with that shit or like <laughs> like I mean like as long as I'm not trying to be like an elementary school teacher yeah. like I don't think it really matters that there's 
videos of me DPing myself on the <laughs> internet. Um, and like, yeah, so, and but my favorite thing about camming or like um, doing like sex work or fetish work with people in person is um, just finding out what people um, are interested in and how they interact with their bodies and how they want um, other people to interact with their bodies. And it's like, it's when I think that um, the, sort of like the assumption of when you're um, engaging with like cis men or whatever who um, are paying for some sort of sex service, like is that they are like straight and normative and like, um, like not engaged in queerness, but then like I, um, like like originally like with camming like more so that the people that I interacted with were like and these are probably just like guys on the internet that mm -hmm. are lonely, mm -hmm. um, um, but like you do like realize that like there's a lot of people that perhaps live their daytime hours as like cis straight people but like when they engage with like sex workers like um either like become gender fluid or like are cross-dressing but like the way that they talk about themselves is a little more than like just cross-dressing um mm -hmm. and like and like um yeah i don't know if i want to like talk about specific examples but um I've just, it's just been interesting. Okay, my point is it's been interesting engaging with people that you would, like, if you saw on the street would just make a lot of, like, assumptions about them being, like, normative, but mm -hmm. then, like, they actually have, like, so much more going on mm -hmm. than you'd think, and, like, you just, like, can never assume things about people. Um, and I... I think a lot of a lot of sex workers have different kinds of attitudes about um, interacting with clients, and for me, because I, um, I guess because I have the patience or the ability or the temperament for it, like I do like being nice <laughs> <laughs> to to these people. Like for the most part, like if someone's being disrespectful, then fuck them. But like I, mm -hmm. I, I like to sort of take care of people and like know exactly what they want out of an interaction and like a lot of times people don't know what they want which is more like nerve-wracking to me than someone who does know exactly what they want mm -hmm. um because then I'm um then I then I feel like there's like a specific way that I'm supposed to perform but like I enjoy like performing in whatever way the other person prefers like i yeah like i'm very much like a switch in that way like even though like i don't know in my own like like um personal sex life there are like certain like roles that i like to play i guess but i but i very much like figuring out what other people want and catering to that whether it is like a dominant or a submissive position even as even if i am being a dominant person i i don't see i see dom dominating as and i guess this is true and people would probably agree with this that dominating like like is servicing mm -hmm. because you are giving the person who is submissive what they want because yeah. they want is to have all their agency taken away from them or whatever yeah you know like like it's a very equal exchange um so yeah like a lot of that does like tie back into my work. I'm like not really. I'm like getting a little sleepy, so I don't really know how to like how to like tie all of those strings together. You can do that if you want. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think it's interesting because one thing we kind of like keep on returning to is these kind of like niches, but like without the attached kind of value judgment. Um, that are spaces for play in some way for you or for others. And that like evolves specifically like in relationship to other people. Mm. And that seems to be something that like occurs like 
in camming or in um, art spaces um, or in hardware jewelry. Um, (laughs) And like are things that I think are not specific to transness, but like are definitely just a kind of survival technique for trans people. Yeah. Um, And there is just like a constant need and desire to search out spaces that allow for that even if they're not kind of trans specific spaces yeah yeah and I think that's what's really interesting about talking with you today is because it is so much about these kind of like nuanced and careful um negotiations of community that don't necessarily like attach to a specific like politicized identifier and I think that can be really productive yeah girl you said it (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks for that. It makes me f- feel like I'm doing something. We're we're all doing. Something. <laughs> we're all doing. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Yeah, that was like an hour. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was impressive. <laughs> How are you feeling? I am chilling. Okay. That was great. I was like, li- all you listeners, I was literally pissing my pants. I don't know why. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about myself. That's so I I'm so like I'm like so into myself I don't know what I was thinking like I can talk about myself it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely okay well thank you you're welcome